Hello and welcome to Culture In Between, a podcast all about exploring the unique and wonderful experiences of people who grew up in a culture outside of their parents' culture. We are your hosts, Alyssa and Brianna, and today we have the pleasure of interviewing Alex, who has Lebanese and Jamaican roots. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We really look forward to speaking with you. So Alex and I went to high school together, fast forward a few years, went to graduate school together, actually. And we were roommates for a year while we were in graduate school as well. So yeah, we have a long history together. So I'm so excited to have my, my dear friend Alex on the podcast. So Alex, can you just briefly introduce yourself? Sure. Like you both, I was born in Miami. You know, my daddy's from Lebanon. My mom is Lebanese family, but born in Jamaica. Uh, I have two sisters, grew up in a very, very hybridized household. But let's see. So yeah, I went to, to high school with Brianna um, at New World School of the Arts. I was, I was, which, which a lot of people don't know, in the vocal program, but I ended up not <laughs> uh, pursuing vocal arts in any way. And then I attended uh, the Peabody Conservatory at Johns Hopkins University, uh, where I did my undergraduate in violin performance. And then Brianna joined me where we both did our master's degrees, she in vocal performance and I in violin performance, as well as musicology. So yeah, so I was a violinist, still am, and uh, and now I'm going into my the fifth year, the fifth year of my uh, PhD in musicology and ethnomusicology uh, at Brown University in Providence. Yeah, that's so I'm I'm in awesome. between Boston and Providence, loving the New England life. <laughs> nice. Yeah, wonderful. Multi talented, multi talented, oh, multi degrees. Yeah, yeah <laughs> multi struggling. Um, just, right. <laughs> that too. That just comes with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My mom, you know, as Jamaican mothers do, and maybe mm. we'll get into this later. My mom al- always asks for Alex randomly <laughs> because uh, Jamaican mothers love to ask about your friends that they know about uh-huh. at random times. My mom does the same thing. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's the Jamaican way, uh-huh. and um, yeah, and and one of the things she's like, "Him still in school?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's he's still in school, and he's very happy with his cats." And yeah. Um, so, so yes, uh, yes, thank you so much for introducing yourself. So we're going to jump right in mm-hmm. and uh, ask the, the I think, the juiciest question, or this is one that I, I'm really oh, wow. excited to ask you about. It's probably not that juicy. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I'm really interested to know whether you feel closer to your Lebanese heritage or whether you feel closer to your Jamaican heritage. That is a fabulous question. <laughs> Um, you know, I've always felt I have a very complicated relationship with with my Lebanese side uh, for, for a number of reasons. Lebanese culture, it's, it's beautiful, right? Like it's, it's extremely old. The history itself is really, really fascinating. And in that way, I do feel some kind of, of, of relationship to it. But it's not at least my experience of it. And I and I, I want to preface this by saying that I do think that this is specific to an immigrant phenomenon that w- where people leave the homeland or the the the, mm-hmm. the old country and what they left is what stays in their mind yeah. for decades even though the country evolves it changes they have a very sort of not frozen in time but kind of frozen in time yeah. idea of what it was like so I, I i always felt like i grew up with a very dated old school understanding of what lebanese culture is and I didn't love that. So to be totally honest, I think growing up, I felt more affinity with the Caribbean 
more affinity. And, and that is also by virtue of, of living in Miami, where mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily surrounded by Lebanese immigrants. I was surrounded by, you know, Jamaican immigrants, uh, Cubans, and, and generally just the, the island culture, if you can even say that there is one, felt like it was much more part of my upbringing. Yeah. And that was going to be another one of my questions is like, so did you feel very connected to the Jamaican culture in Miami? Because we grew up on opposite sides of Miami, I should say, (laughs) even though we went to the same high school, it was kind of like a special arts high school. So everyone lived like an hour away. So so we grew up actually on completely different sides of the city. And Uh like all the Jamaican people I knew lived on the South side. So I was just just wondering if, if you still felt very connected to the Jamaican community in Miami. You know, I, I didn't actually, because I, I grew up in Aventura. So I was, I, I think, which is predominantly, as I understand it, um, predominantly a Jewish neighborhood in, in Aventura. At least it was when I was growing up. I think now it's, it's, it's got everything. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I think my connection to Jamaica wasn't so much to the community in Miami as much as it was the proximity to the island. So, so Jamaica was somewhere I, I went every year, sometimes more than once a year. I have only been to Lebanon twice in my life and I was generally closer to my mom's side of the family. So like my mom's sister, when we grew up, she lived in Broward. So, which, which is, you know, even further North than Aventura. Um, So we would spend a lot of time with her and her kids. And, and I was just sort of much closer to my mom's side of the family. So, so it was, I guess the affinity to the Jamaican culture was more familial than it was necessarily part of the expat community in, uh, in Miami. Yeah, yeah. And you actually answered my, my next question, which was how many times or, or have you visited your home yeah. countries, your parents' home countries? Mm-hmm. So now that you, you already mentioned that you have visited both countries, yeah. can you tell me what your experience was like visiting Jamaica and mm-hmm. Lebanon? Yeah, this, is, this gets complicated um, <laughs> because, and this, this, is a, this, is a hard, this is a hard position to occupy as a non-black person of color in Jamaica. <laughs> the, 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 so the reason why, I guess I should give some background. The reason why my mom was born in Jamaica is because there actually is quite a big Arab community, in not just in Jamaica, but also in Haiti, which is where my mm-hmm. mom's mother was born. Um, oh, so, you know, so yeah, so, so it's, there is a, a, a large sum of Arabs who left, I want to say Lebanon, Syria, what, you know, Palestine and, and mm-hmm. moved. But as I understand it, the history is not, it's not savory, right? Like my, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. grandparents and great grandparents, they pretty much exploited, exploited resources. They exploited their, their, their sort of position as, as light skinned people of color in islands that were very sort of coloristic. Mm-hmm. So, so going there has always been very, I've had, it's, oh, it's always been fun, but especially in the last decade, I've become acutely aware of, you know, the fact that my ancestors really did not necessarily add to the island as much as they took from it. Um, mm-hmm. So so going back now is more complicated in that respect because I'm, I've, I, I can feel that, okay, there was a time where my, my family, they were outsiders in this, in this community but what they did is they exploited their positions of power. And instead of using that power to kind of give back to to a new country that was not theirs to begin with, not that any country belongs to anybody, but instead of doing that, they they built their own wealth and they used that that power to build to build wealth. Um, so my mom grew up 
in a lot of wealth in Jamaica. She was, mm-hmm. you know, came, okay. went to boarding school in France. My mom, you know, to, to really wealthy family. And, and they're my fam- my mom's family, as much as I, I love them and they're, they're wonderful. They were not always, they didn't always understand their position in that, mm-hmm. in that environment. So it's, it was, it was, it was work that my sisters and I had to do to kind of counteract the, the kind of entitlement that comes with, with effectively being white in Jamaica, you know, so the U S Arabs are not white, but in Jamaica, they pretty much are. Um, (laughs) so, uh, sorry, that, that was totally a tangent. No, no, um, fine. I yeah, think sorry, you brought up a really great point, Alex. Like, uh, I think you said it's non-black person of color, which I thought mm-hmm. was a very interesting way to phrase it. But, mm-hmm. and I think for our listeners, like a lot of people don't realize that Jamaicans are mixed with so many different things. They aren't just mm-hmm. black, you know, I think majority of the population is, but like our parents being, or our mom being Chinese Jamaican, and mm-hmm. we have like white race grandparents or like deep in there. So like a lot of people don't realize that. So I think um, you just mentioning that is very interesting for people mm-hmm. listening because people don't realize that mm-hmm. Jamaica, because I feel like when people think of Jamaica, they tend to think <laughs> like certain things yeah. and they don't you really realize. Bolt and yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, like yeah. it's a very yeah. diverse, what out of me, what is this, the slang? Again? Out of many, one people. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's yeah. um, so very interesting to hear kind of your side of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think, I think it's, it's interesting because so I, um, my research is on on music in Cuba, and the reason I bring that up is because mm. I often have to 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 address the fact that actually race is understood in very different terms in in Cuba than it is in the U.S. Whereas the U.S. is still stuck in a very black white binary, um, as I'm sure you you both know. In Jamaica, it's it's more that's what I, I was trying. You know, I think I said coloristic in the fact that it's it's more the shade of color that you are, the, the, literally mm-hmm. the shade of your skin. And sort of, you know, not just whether you're black or you're white, but are you light skin? Are you, you know, and, and that often is what comes to condition a lot of the, the power of relations in the islands. So people don't realize that it's not just, yeah, people in the U.S. just don't always understand that it's much more uh, understood mm-hmm. as a spectrum, in, in, especially in the Caribbean, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's so much more nuanced. And yeah. I remember when we went there, one of the times we've been to Jamaica, one of our drivers telling us how he's like, oh yeah, all the, all, everyone in Jamaica wants to have your color skin because mm-hmm. my sister and I are kind of lighter skin. Like we said, our, mm-hmm. our mother is Chinese Jamaican and she's Chinese presenting really. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. And it, it just, uh, and he would just went on to talk about how people use skin lightening creams and all these mm-hmm. things. And it was just, just so disheartening. I mean, I knew that that was a thing there, but yeah, it was, yeah it's so disheartening to hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, like you said, it's just, there's the coloristic yeah. Yeah. <laughs> society there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and we're going to get into kind of race and um, that white Brianna black. keeps us on point. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. Listen, <laughs> trying to be respectful of people's I, I kind of just, just riff. <laughs> I'm trying to be, yeah, I'm the one with all no, the it's questions. it's a good balance. It's a good balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, and I don't want to miss this because I want to go in a good structure. Sure, so sure. You, we talked about your experience in Jamaica and you have yes. much more experience going to Jamaica, but yes. what was your experience like visiting Lebanon? Yeah, visiting Lebanon was, was really, uh, so I went twice, once when I was eight, and the the more recently when I was I want to say twenty four was in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, it it felt it. I had the experience of of being like, oh my goodness, everybody here looks like me. That was sort of the first the first mm-hmm. time I sort of had that experience where uh, where you know I didn't quite realize that that existed that there was this sort of place where I could go and say, oh my goodness, like 
I, I see <laughs> now why I look the way I do. It's a beautiful country. I felt more like a tourist than I did. Mm-hmm. Like I like going to Jamaica and always has had the feeling of, oh, I'm going home. But Lebanon has felt more like I am going as, as a tourist. So it did way more sort of tourist attractions. I don't speak the language. I don't speak Arabic. So that that is a huge barrier. Um, and we can get into that as to why I don't yeah, speak Arabic. Yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, so it's felt more like, you know, going to see the sites and being so taken by okay. all the sites and, you know, just sort of immersing in the history, immersing in, in the culture. And and in many ways, it felt I felt more foreign to to the culture, and like mm-hmm. I was I was having to learn learn stuff about Lebanon that I that I that I didn't know. Yeah. Do you still have family there? Like, did you stay with your family yes, when you went yes. there? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so my grandmother, who has since passed, we would stay with her, and I have my God. So so my dad grew up in a very sort of financially very modestly in a, in a in a village pretty much in a, you know, in a, in a mountain village. And that village, I think nearly at least half of the people who live in that village have the same last name that I do. So, so it's, it's a very sort of tight knit, tight knit community. They were all very excited. Every time we would go, it's like (laughs) the whole village would descend upon this tiny little stone house that my dad grew up in. (laughs) It was overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I've never felt like more of an American than when I, when I was in Lebanon, I was like, I need my space. I want everyone to get away from me. I need my own bathroom. You know, like I, I felt, I felt the, the American in me when I was in Lebanon for sure. Yeah. It's an interesting juxtaposition where like, you went there and you're like, everyone looks like me. Like, yes. yet you feel so like, yes. I don't belong, which is such an interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't absolutely. Know. <laughs> and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll bring this up just because just in case, I don't know if this is something you do want to bring up uh, ultimately, Brianna, but neither Lebanese nor Jamaican culture take kindly to non-normative sexualities. Um, mm. So that has, that has been another, another yeah. kind of, uh, Another barrier to feeling close to my, my, you know, either side is that I would hear growing up, I would hear my uncles make extremely offensive jokes uh, I, on both sides, actually. My, my dad's brothers and my mom's brothers were, were really cavalier about their homophobia. Um, so that and, 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 you know, and then also hearing about in Jamaica about a, a, a gay man being beat to death by police and, and the similar mm-hmm. things happening in Lebanon. So, so it's, um, that has been, that's something we, we could definitely talk more about as, as to why sort of the, the not feeling like I belong was in mm-hmm. Lebanon. I feel that I have felt that acutely. Yeah. Wow. All right. Let's, uh, so maybe let's get into so many things to get into. I don't even know where, to, okay, let's go. <laughs> She's been so excited about this. She's I like, know, oh my so God. So yeah. Yeah. I never get to talk about this. I literally never get to talk about this. Yeah. That's so. why I wanted to get into this. And also I, well, I'm glad you brought up the whole like non heteronormative mm-hmm. feelings in both countries because, well, I wasn't even sure if you, I should have asked that, but I wasn't even sure if you were willing to talk about that because I just remember like, you know, all throughout high school, like, you know, you were like closeted yeah. and then, yeah, yeah. even after that, like you still hadn't really told your dad. So I was always I still like, okay. haven't. And, okay. and, and I don't, but I'm at the stage now where like, I don't, I don't really care. And, and my decision not to tell him gay people exist or queer people exist in both countries, you know, yes. right. just as much as they do any other country. But, you know, it's not unusual or, or I should say it's quite common for gay men just never to tell their dads in Lebanon. Like it's just, mm. 
like it, it's heard about. I've had I've had gay cousins who who their par- their parents died before they came out to them, even though their mm-hmm. parents knew. Um, so it's not even at this point about not being afraid to tell him, and more that oh, like this is the this feels like this is what it's become. Like this is the, this is the mm-hmm. norm. But uh, but yeah, I don't mind talking about it. We can talk about it at length. I have no, okay. no problem about that at all. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. no this is. <laughs> I think it's interesting that I find that. Bran and I being, I don't know, something we found um, is that I'm a more emotional person. And I find that uh, Jamaicans can tend to be very, uh, like, if you don't quite fit the mold, some type of yeah. mold of, like, um, being happy all the time or this or whatever. It's, it's just kind of like, oh, like, just buck up. Kind of yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. just deal with, like, life is hard. Just kind of deal with it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know it's not exactly similar to what you were discussing. No, but, but it's I just find that, like, it's I haven't, similar. yeah. Sometimes like, oh man, like how would I have survived in a Jamaican culture where like oh my yeah. feeling depressed or being anxious is almost like, what is, what are you doing wrong to mm-hmm. feel that way? Yeah. Like, it, I just always felt like that. Yeah. Like my mom always used to just say lively up yourself. And, and oh, I was boy. always like, what yeah. are you saying? And <laughs> yeah. like, it, it wasn't until later that I realized that was a Bob Marley song. She couldn't even choose an original, like, <laughs> <laughs> which we, we might talk about that because my sure. Bob Marley and Bible quotes. Bob Marley and Bible quotes. Oh, is, is Alex is knows mom, mother. right? Yeah. Alex, he okay, knows. He's been around yeah. my mother. He's okay. been around her a fair amount. Yeah. She's seen in the apartment with us. Yes. Oh my the, gosh, that was such a disaster. The opera, right? <laughs> it was that, but that apartment was too small for four people. Yes. So yes. Bad. Oh my god, I have good memories <laughs> of that weekend, though. Know, so you I, know, uh, you know Juliet then in her, oh, yeah. her yes. uh, crazy oh, ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I do. <laughs> so anyway, we've gone mm-hmm. a, a little bit off. Yes. Off yes. The rails please bring us back. But I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna reel us back in. I'm gonna reel us back in. So maybe let's let's go into race a little bit now. Sure. So that because that's my other juicy question that I would really like to know is mm-hmm. um, so at least for Alyssa and I, as we said, being Chinese Jamaican and having a white grandmother with red hair on my dad's side and all yeah. this, yeah. you know, mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, we when we have to fill out those forms that have mm-hmm. all those boxes that have different races mm-hmm. and you have to choose one. So for our non-American listeners, this is just commonplace in the U.S. Mm. From when you're very young, every time you take a standardized test, you mm-hmm. have to choose from a list of races mm-hmm. uh, before you start your test and yeah. choose what race you are. And let me tell you, low-level anxiety every time <laughs> I have to decide. Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm other or I'm mixed or yeah. I'm black. Uh, sometimes you don't even have those options. Sometimes it, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you can like write it in and I'm like, should I write something in? What do yeah. I even yeah. write in? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, so oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I want to know, what mm-hmm. do you choose when you have to choose a, <laughs> oh, a box? Boy. Okay. So, oh my God, I'm so happy you asked this question. <laughs> so growing up, I was always, I always understood myself to be white. My parents kind of, believed that too, my mom more than my dad. So I, I always, but I was white. That was something I, I never questioned as a, as a, you know, as a child and taking all the, the FCAT exams. Remember those? Yes. And, you know, <laughs> and, and all the standardized tests, the SAT, applying to college. It was only when I moved to Baltimore that people started to look at me differently. And and I think this is another is this another specific specific Miami thing where it's such a hodgepodge of so much that yeah. that 
there's a, it almost feels like there's a little bit of everything in Miami. Um, mm-hmm. But in 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 Baltimore, I went to a conservatory where most people were either white or East Asian. That was just like the the, the you know if you look at the demographic and if you look at the the if you break it down, it was I want to say thirty three. I, I remember at the time looking at these statistics, it was thirty three percent East Asian, and something like I want to say something like fifty percent white. So anyway, which is to say that I I moved to Baltimore and people didn't look at me the same way. It was not something had something had shifted. And I thought like, okay, I'm not feeling the way I did when I was in Miami. And and I would have conversations with other people. And it wasn't, it wasn't until later in my time in Baltimore, even. Like even throughout throughout my time in Baltimore, I still clung to that. Like, yes, I'm still I'm white. I'm still white. I'm still white. And it wasn't until I want to say it was my my violin teacher at Peabody that finally was like, Alex, you're not white, you're brown. And I was like, I was like, what? That's not a category. I've never seen that category written down. That's not an option. Show me where that is on the list. Yeah, exactly. Like, let me pull up the census. Like, that's not on the census. And and she meant it in a good way. She didn't mean it in in a demeaning Mm. way. She just meant it in like a, a lot is implied by me identifying as white. And, and things that I might not want to suggest or imply about myself in saying that I'm white. So she's the one who, who started to get me thinking. And then, of course, I, I started hopping on the TikTok and Instagram trends. And I got on <laughs> Arab TikTok and Arab Instagram. And I started to see other Arabs who were like, yeah, has anybody else been told they're white their whole life? And then suddenly, <laughs> like, come to realize that, wait a minute. They don't look at us the same way they look at white, white people with the, like the last name Smith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, so it was, I want to say it was when I applied to grad school, well, when I applied to grad school the second time. So when I applied to PhD programs that I started to be uncomfortable selecting white, that that was the first time where mm. I was like, oh my goodness, there is, there are words to describe this, <laughs> this feeling of not quite belonging, not, not necessarily being rejected by, mm. by those in power but not quite belonging the way that, that others do. And I, I started to realize, okay, there, there are words to, to, to articulate this. And by, by suggesting that I'm white, by clicking white, I'm actually ignoring all of that. And I'm, I'm, I'm associating myself with, with a level of privilege that I actually don't have. I do benefit from, from white privilege. I mean, no, no, no doubt about that, but not to the degree that, that very fair skinned people do with different features. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. So I want to say more recently, I have started to to either either say other and even not not even fill it in, not write it in, or put Arab. I'll put other and Arab. Mm. And funny, nobody questions that. As soon as you say I'm not white, I'm an Arab, they're like, oh yeah, you're not white. <laughs> you know, like like yeah, 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 you're right. Just a, a little side note here. There and, and this is relevant. This is not this is not me being uh, you it's know, fine. offering we, a shameless ready. plug. We've gone um, into a swervy lane already. It's okay. I promise it's relevant. Um, so I, uh, so I'm part of quite possibly the nerdiest thing I will say. I'm part of the American <laughs> Musicological Society, which is this okay. big oh, yes. organization. AMA. Yeah, yeah. AMS, AMS. <laughs> AMS, okay. Yeah, AMS. <laughs> um, which if you Google, it takes you to the American Meteorological Society. It's not oh, that yeah. one. Wow. Um, anyway. Also nerdy. <laughs> right. But they offer a scholarship every year, a, a fellowship that for, for uh, grad students, but specifically for people of color. They list. They have a list of of identities that that are eligible for this this uh, fellowship: Black, Asian, East Asian, South Asian, Indigenous, Latinx, no Middle Eastern. 
And hmm. then there's like a more info. There's like a little page you can click more info to see what they have like an explanation for how they come up with those categories and how they they and they use the U.S. Census as a uh, the U.S. What the guidelines that the U.S. Census has created, the U.S. Census Bureau. And in the U.S. Census Bureau, it specifically states that Middle Easterns must select white on the U.S. Census. Hmm. That it is we 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 have to. So I I didn't think I was eligible for the scholarship. And then um, other people who had previously received it were like, no, 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 you should absolutely apply. Um, and I felt really conflicted at first. I was back and forth for a while about like, this is strange. Like I'm not, I'm applying to something that doesn't explicitly include me, but I think that that's a problem. So, so I still, I, which is to say that I still struggle with, with how to identify mm. um, both personally and institutionally, because those mm. are not always the same thing. I think Alyssa and I can totally relate to uh -huh. that. Um, yeah. Even though obviously we look much different from you, but no, it's a similar. Yeah, it's just, but it's it's a similar thing. It's yeah. of of not really knowing where yeah. you fit in, and and I think America is such a, a racialized culture, uh -huh. and that like like you said, from a young age, you're asked to choose your race mm -hmm. and and pick a box, and mm -hmm. and you're stuck in yeah. that box, and there's the one drop rule where if yeah, you're just God. one drop of black, you're considered <laughs> black all the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's. Yeah, it's it's such a confusing thing. And sometimes um, I just yeah. check whatever. Like, I was like, ah, I should check the like, uh, pun intended, black box today because it's just yeah. e it's just easier, you know. And it's yeah, just, when you don't want to describe it to people, people, you know, it's just like yeah, it's black, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, yeah, people have nuances and things, and and it's surprising how something so simple sounding is like uh can cause some anxiety. I'm like, okay, what do I check? Yeah, for my race because yeah, because I see what you're saying, like when. Um, you know, you're just checking white and, and how your, your teacher was like, oh, but you're brown. It's like, well, because yeah. it's almost like you're, yeah, you, a, little, a little bit. Yeah, because you have this mm -hmm. all this like history and nuance behind you. And yeah. So, yeah. So that's I can see how that would be conflicting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's because because the truth is that the three of us, I'm, we, we've all had very different experiences and, and backgrounds. But like we have not had the experience that white white people have had growing up in the US. Like mm -hmm. the, there's no like there's no doubt about it that that people I think in this country and I'm sure in other countries but specifically in the US look at us and automatically make a lot of decisions about who we are that yeah. that it, that the same doesn't happen to people who are fair-skinned white or who present as fair-skinned white. So mm -hmm. and I think to 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 kind of institutionally identify as white ignores that that experience entirely and it does a disservice mm -hmm. i think to us that, that mm -hmm. you know it doesn't it doesn't create a, a space to actually demand um that that experience be accounted for yeah, yeah. I, I found to kind of combat some of that i had a lot of i feel like like cultural identity issues growing up i don't feel like you did as much as maybe yeah I, that's interesting i don't maybe, know maybe i should interview you yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know because people would ask like you know you just you see your parents and i'm just like okay i don't think anything of it and then people yeah. are like why is your mom so much fairer? Like people mm. asked me if I was adopted mm. oh, and I did not understand like, like, what are you? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm Alyssa. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, I did yeah, when you're yeah. like seven and young, like you're not, I'm like, but then you kind of put two and two together. Like, okay, how I look makes mm -hmm. me seem different. And so yes. I, I, and so I was still like, well, this person says I'm not really black cause I don't act this way. Or this person mm -hmm. says, no, but you are. So I just found like to find solace in it is that's like, okay, everyone's going to have a different opinion depending on their experiences and upbringing. And I just like, I know I have confidence in like what I am and what I know, what my upbringing and it doesn't really matter what people kind of see. Cause that or else I would just be, I was like just flip flopping all over the place. Cause mm -hmm. I was gauging it off of like, well, what does this person say about me? This, 
this contradicts what this other person says. So that's how mm-hmm. I've kind of found, I don't know, solace yeah. in some of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah le- lean into the, to not feeling legible, you know? Right. What I mean? yeah. just- and can I also just say, I don't know if you feel this with your mom as well, but like my mom, I feel like, or I feel like Jamaican people in general, because it was such a multi cultural society, mm-hmm. multiracial society, especially back in when our parents were there, mm-hmm. they like just don't understand the idea of having to like choose one. Like, like I remember talking to my mom about it one time and she was like, I was like, okay, mom, what do you feel you are? Like, what do you say to people? She's like, well, as long as I know who I am, that's all that matters. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Well, can you tell me what I am? Because yeah, like, yeah. people want to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, I just feel like they like you can't even really go to your parents for help with it when no. they're Jamaican, at least, because mm, yeah. they like they like just have no concept of like you have to like choose one thing. She said be. they had more like class. Almost, right. Yes, like, that's what my mom like, said, too. Yeah, okay, that's exactly what my mom said, that it was not an, so much an issue of. Like, like skin color didn't, was not the single factor that determined your position in, in that society, right. that a lot of it was class-based. But then you could also argue that the class was tended to, to fall along. Mm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my mom, my mom has had similar things about class. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah. what part of uh, Jamaica did your mom right. grow up? Yeah. So my mom was born in Kingston. Kingston. Okay. My, yeah. That's where, yes, right. that's where my grandma still lives. That's where my uncle lives. Yeah. Kingston. Always Kingston. Cool. Nice, the capital. Our dad grew up there. Or, oh, yeah? Yeah, he moved there. He yeah, wasn't he born grew there. Up but... there. He, yeah, he technically was born in, in St. Catherine, but uh-huh. but he grew up in Kingston yeah. most of his life. Yeah. Okay. That's great that you get to go so regularly, though. We we haven't, we've gone sporadically mm-hmm. over the years. You know, I haven't gone since 2018. I Because mm. summer of 2019, I was working, and then summer of 2020, and you know, and I haven't been back since. But before that, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty regular. I felt really lucky. Yeah, I feel like we're leaving out your dad's side. So, and what part of Lebanon is your dad <laughs> oh, from? Oh, that's okay. My dad is from, so there are two two names for it, um, Biblos and Jebel. It's the same the same thing. Uh, mm. I don't know why they have two names, but those are. Those okay. are the, the, so it's about an hour from Beirut, about an hour, hour okay. and a half from Beirut. So going back to the, the race conversation, mm-hmm. because there was another question that I want yeah, to get please. into. And I have a little bit of a backstory also with us is that, at least with me, I had a similar situation. When I moved outside of Miami, mm-hmm. everyone started to think I was Hispanic. And when I was in Miami, I never right. experienced that. No yeah. one thought I was Hispanic. I don't, mm-hmm. I just think, I don't think anyone knew what I was. Um, but then when, when I moved outside of Miami, everyone just started speaking Spanish to me. Mm-hmm. They just assumed I was Hispanic. So I guess my question for you is, did... People ask you, or do people ask you where you are from? All the time. And yeah, and how do you respond and how do you feel about that question as well? Because some people really hate it, but yeah. I personally, like myself, I don't really mind it actually. Yeah. So how do you feel? I, I, yeah, I get asked all the time. I don't mind it at all, actually. I think, I think most of the time, look, like I recognize that I'm not always legible in the way that you know, according to the, the, the grammar of American identity, I like recognize that. So I think, I, I think a lot of people are, are curious and, and they just want to know, like, where, where is it that people look like you? You know what I mean? And, and I think that's the question that, that they're actually asking is like, I'm pulling up all of the identities that I'm familiar with and you're not matching any of them. So, you know, where is it that you come from where people look like you? So I actually don't mind that question at all at least in the, in the ways that it's been asked. And I often clarify, like, do you mean where was I born or my ethnicity? Mm-hmm. And it's usually 
what follows is, oh, both, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, I'll tell them, like, I'm a Lebanese born in Miami. Uh, and then there's always like, oh, you know, it clicks. <laughs> but, but yeah, I get asked that all the time. I guess, you know, th- there are, I guess there are, I, and I don't want to invalidate that there are more kind of condescending reasons why somebody might ask that. And I don't want to kind of negate that that can be very, very true and offensive. Um, I just have not experienced it as particularly. Yeah, triggering. same here. It used to bother me when I was younger, when I was going through my cultural identity issues. But then I was kind yeah. of like, yeah, people are just curious, Yeah, I think. And it's just yeah. fine. Usually it's it's a very harmless question. Mm-hmm. And I think they just want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever felt compelled to be like, I'm from America. I'm from Miami. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like, I'm, I'm yeah. Cause, cause yeah, I don't know. I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, I really, yeah, like, I, if anything, I'm actually happy to be able to kind of try and explain myself yes, a little yes, bit, because, yes. yeah, because it's just, I know that it's confusing, it's confusing to myself, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to kind of be like, okay, this is, this is what it is, yeah, and, absolutely. yeah, that mm-hmm. I, I am who I am, as my mother yeah. says, so, <laughs> so, yeah. so we, we've talked quite a bit about I feel like about the Jamaican side but yeah I have a question about Lebanon and and Mm -hmm. kind of your Lebanese heritage because I mean a lot of people at least in the U.S. probably don't know very much about Lebanon and I think before before I met you I didn't really know that much about it to be honest either but I feel like every time now I've seen like a news story about it I'm Mm -hmm. like oh that's where Alex is from and now I want to know more Um, (laughs) so um so, you know, so if you have been following the news on Lebanon um, in recent years, yeah, in recent years, uh, the country has fallen on quite hard times. Um, it's there's fallen a lot of heart is what's happened. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of political and economic yeah. turmoil. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a, a very devastating explosion oh, that was yeah. partially caused by some political mm-hmm. inaction as well. Mm-hmm. So my question is just how has the situation in Lebanon affected your family and maybe affected you personally as well? Yeah. You know, it's funny, funny with the explosion. My my grandma was was dying of cancer that summer. She died on August 17th, I believe. Um, and the explosion happened, I think, the week before. I think it was was early August. Anyway, my dad was literally at the airport boarding a flight to Beirut as it happened. And it was the day it was, it was really, it was, uh, it was, and, and COVID was, was spiking again. I think that was the summer of, of the, no, that wasn't the Delta variant. We were still in the, the yeah. early, the earlier versions. Um, Lebanon, it's, it's heartbreaking actually to see. Um, and even though I don't personally have an effective attachment to Lebanon in the way that my dad does, it's still very, very heartbreaking to watch because what, what it's done to my dad is it's it's further severed him from the dream of eventually going back. I think my dad, and this is this is where I love my dad dearly. I have many issues with my dad, but I, I do love him, love him dearly. And growing up and, and kind of getting a better understanding for my dad's experience as an immigrant from Lebanon, specifically from Lebanon, has has, I don't know, given me a lot more compassion for him. Because he moved to Miami when he was, I think, 16 years old with hardly any money. I mean, not if any at all. Went back when he was 20. My dad's dad died when he was 20. Um, sorry, my dad, my dad was 20 when his dad died and came to the U.S. because that's what people who wanted opportunities did. 
And it wasn't some a choice that he particularly liked. It wasn't something he wanted to have to do, but he did it. And uh, so did my dad's brother. So did my, my dad's sister. They all came to the U.S. Um, but my dad especially really resisted calling the U.S. his home mm. because the U.S. has a lot to do with why Lebanon has had a very tumultuous political and economic history. So my dad was, was not a happy person. He is not a happy person. And I really hated him for it when I was a kid because I could not understand why my dad was such a miserable, unhappy person. And it's, it's only now that I sort of look back and see that, my gosh, my dad pays tax dollars. His tax dollars literally go toward the demolition of the country he used to call home. And I think that that is a, a, something that a lot of Lebanese immigrants in the U.S. talk about, the experience of feeling beholden to the U.S. because they are the ones pulling the puppet strings and they have no choice. Um, so my dad has really resisted calling the U.S. home and it's always felt like he had one foot out the door. And mm -hmm. the explosion, the economic collapse, it really sort of was like the nail in the coffin that his dream of, of returning, even though he left like 40 years ago, it's not going to happen. At least that's how I have understood it. And it's been really sad to watch for him to really kind of watch that dream die. It's been It's been heartbreaking. Very reflective of you, though, to think like to see that from his perspective, because, yeah, we have qualms with our parents and things mm -hmm. like love them dearly as well. But like there's definitely things as I've gotten older, I've noticed like, OK, your upbringing, how you were raised, like like that has really affected how you're raising me. And like, yeah. and, and we take out things that like, OK. And, and and so even though sometimes things are frustrating and like, why can't you see it my way? Mm -hmm. um, and you, you can have a, an empathy towards I, I see why you react this way you know this is yeah how you're brought up and, and yeah with your dad missing home mm -hmm. um yeah i can you know you can understand why he would feel upset or be angry yeah with, yeah you know. mm -hmm. it certainly doesn't it, it doesn't change anything you know but it but it it, <laughs> it 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 adds a new sort of perspective that that just kind of forces you to feel compassion rather than bitterness or resentment mm. it, it really like the last few years since the explosion have have allowed me to see my dad very differently we're getting deep uh, we are getting deep. I, I like think you. we need to lighten it up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. The, the moderator says to get yeah, yeah. Right, light it up. We're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna go to our like more broad cultural uh, section here now. Uh, sure. So can you tell us what are some of your favorite Jamaican foods and what are some of your favorite Lebanese foods? Sure. All right. I am a sucker for Aki. I really? love <laughs> Aki. Yeah, I oh really gosh. do. Wow. <laughs> See, he's yeah. a true Jamaican. He's That's a true Jamaican. My, my parents real. always say, you're not a real Jamaican. You only like Aki and Sawfish. And I'm oh, like, I love oh. it. No, I but to be fair, mom didn't like Aki for a while. Oh, she didn't? Really? Yeah. It's not until in her, like when she got older, she started For people like who it. don't know, Aki is the, actually the, uh, National fruit, right? Fruit, of Jamaica. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is a, I don't know how to even describe how it looks, but you need to Google it. But it looks like scrambled is, eggs. Like yes. once it's once it's cooked, it looks like scrambled eggs. Yes. It really yes. does. And it is a poisonous fruit until mm -hmm. it has blossomed and opened. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it is there you go. There's an image yeah. for people who don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it with saltfish. And as a kid, sometimes I would eat it with bacon too. Aki and bacon. Oh, yeah. with like the little nice. bacon bits. And that was mm, God, I love it. It was I absolutely <laughs> oh my love gosh. it. You know, of course, I love anything jerk. 
So, um, sure. except mm-hmm. pork. I'm not a big jerk pork fan, but yeah, I, I mean, okay. jerk chicken, jerk chicken is, mm-hmm. is, I mean. I like it spicy know, or? Spi- I do. Even okay, though, okay. Even though I, my tolerance for spice is not very high, <laughs> something about jerk chicken, I can't eat it unless it is really spicy. Okay, you know, cool. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I love it. We used to eat it as kids with, uh, what do you call it? Festival? The, yes. The, yes. Uh, love it. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, we're making him hungry yeah oh no I love I love 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 I mean of course patties yeah oh my gosh with a good good patties from in in where we would get them from a place called oh my god it's so funny that these these are the names there was the tasty patties yes they're still there juicy patties juicy yeah there's like a competition between the two yes and then then mother's was the other one where we so mother's was like a fast food it it is like a fast food restaurant that also does uh patties okay Mm -hmm. um so those were the three we would we would go to and i yeah i absolutely love the the beef patties the beef patties are my favorite oh gosh so that's my my (laughs) my jamaican indulgence lebanese food oh my god Oh God, Lebanese food's so good. <laughs> so there's this one dish that's called kibbe. I don't know if you're familiar with it. So it's it's pretty much ground beef that's mixed with I want to say it's barley that's also seasoned with with salt, pepper, allspice. Sorry, allspice, and it's usually then uh, fried. But the Lebanese, which is the way the Lebanese really enjoy eating it, is raw. Which I know a lot of people are just like, "What are you doing?" But I absolutely love it. It is one of my favorite dishes. You just eat it with olive oil, bread. It is amazing. The other thing, I love stuffed grape leaves. I Mm. absolutely love stuffed grape leaves. So it's usually stuffed with rice and ground beef, which is seasoned with a whole bunch of stuff. And then it's wrapped in a grape leaf. And then you need a lot of butter (laughs) to make it taste really good. (laughs) Other Lebanese foods do I love. Uh, There is a chicken and rice dish that is usually only home cooked. It's not typically something you'd order at a, excuse me, order at a restaurant, but it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple, but it's just, it's boiled chicken that's seasoned in in salt, pepper, cinnamon, and brown sugar. It's, and then Mm. it's browned and then boiled. And then, uh, the broth you use to cook the rice, um, and it, and then you eat it all together. It's, it's spectacular. Were you able to get a lot of Lebanese food in Miami, actually? Yes. There, so my mom cooked a lot of it. My mom cooked ah, a lot okay. of Lebanese food. So did my grandma. And there were many Lebanese restaurants. Well, I okay. shouldn't say many. There were maybe a handful that we would handful. go to that we okay. quite liked. Yeah. One of the great parts. Growing up in Miami in a melting pot is that you oh, can kind yeah. of get all these different cuisines. You can sample so much. Yeah, for sure. That's so interesting. So it's your, it's your mom who used to make the... Like, oh, my dad she... can't boil water. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. Yeah. 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 Same he with our really dad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, my mom is the one who did all the cooking. But, you know, it's 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 interesting because, like, in, in Jamaica, all of the Lebanese families or the Middle Eastern families, they all cook Middle Eastern food. Um, it's It tastes different from what from what you have in Lebanon. Um, mm. but, but yeah, so, so th- there's a, they're always, they're always cooking up, cooking up something in Jamaica that's Lebanese. So, uh, the next one is, is an interesting one for me as well, because uh, I'm interested to hear what your response is, because mm. I feel like there are a ton of really ni- great Jamaican sayings. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I'm, <laughs> oh, my question God. is what is your favorite Jamaican saying and what is your favorite Lebanese expression as well? Oh my gosh, that is a tough one. Yeah, um, that is tough. Yeah, yeah. The, I ask the hard uh, questions here. Yeah, you do. I have to think. Or maybe about, sayings that like his mom would say at home. Yeah, if you're saying that your mom yeah, used to say. Yeah. Um, hmm. I can I can definitely tell you 
the Lebanese sayings that I really like. Like there's a word in Arabic that there is no equivalent in 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 English, and it's halas, which means it kind of means like enough, enough. Like we've done enough. <laughs> okay, like, no more, no more. Um, but it doesn't quite mean that because it can be used in like a no, 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 don't worry, it's okay. Like no more, you don't have to keep going. Like it can also uh, be used okay. sort of in a more endearing way, and that's a, it's a fantastic word. Uh, yalla is another one in Arabic that means like, all right, let's go. All right. So like whenever like you're deciding on where to eat and if you're going out with several people and you decide on a restaurant and you're like, okay, this is where we're going. Yalla. And then that means just like, okay, I'm going to go. Um, so those are the, those are the, the, the ones that come to mind immediately. There are a couple of others that, that are pretty, uh, derogatory and <laughs> um, in, in Arabic uh, that are, yeah, that, that, and, and rather profane. Um, okay, all right. But uh, I'm trying to think of the Jamaican ones. Tell me, tell me some profane. that you've, you've yeah. Okay, you've yeah, heard. I was about to say, I was about to give you some examples. I, yeah. I think because our, our mom, we always kind of joke. Our mom full of sayings. It's like Jamaica, like Bible quotes and Bob Marley. Like those yeah. are like yeah. the things. She doesn't See, say my mom was so, not. My mom was okay. not. Uh, yeah. Okay. See, I not everyone's like, so. Well, that's just asking the question. No, yeah. but it's what a good question. <laughs> one example is that like, so when, when my mom was like really, you know, she worked a long shift at the hospital and just tired and like say she had promised to take us to the mall or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She would be like, Lord, my body come down. And she was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like and she'd be like, the heart is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> like, <laughs> so all those kind of things, she would just be like, just silly things like that. that yeah. 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 Some yeah, of those, yeah. like the, the heart is willing and the flesh is weak. That is definitely like a Bible quote that she just miss and like misquotes all the yes. time and yeah, like yeah, puts yeah. in the wrong context. The wrong so that's context. not even a Jamaican yeah. saying. That's no. just, sure. although Jamaican people do love to quote the Bible like all the time. Sure. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking yeah, of which, imagine. sorry, speaking of just Jamaican sayings, this reminded me, do you know about Julie Mango? No. <gasps> we need to share that with Okay. Yes. After this interview, we need to share. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She is a Jamaican TikToker. Oh my God. Please. Who, um, <laughs> yeah. Who but you just, don't have to be on TikTok because we're in. Yeah. We're not, I, I watch all her videos on YouTube. Sure. Uh, okay. But, but yeah, but she has, I mean, she has videos of, of Jamaican sayings, just stuff, yeah. funny stuff Jamaican moms do and J- oh Jamaican my God, I need people to see do. That. Yeah. yeah. And yes. she's Jamaican herself. So it's not uh-huh. like she's um, making fun of. Sure. Jamaican. But yeah, it's tasteful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah. So my, my mom has a ton. One of my favorites that's actually like a Jamaican, like Jamaican, Jamaican saying is actually when they meet someone and they kind of like don't know how they feel about them. Mm. They'd be like, oh, my spirit, just not take a like, 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 just like, like, it's just like in their spirit, like, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very spiritual. It's like. Yeah, just in their spirit. They just don't yeah. know how they feel about yeah. this person. And I like, I don't know. I That's love that. That's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, they're, they're so expressive. Like, you, it's yes. so, yeah. it, you know, you know exactly what it, what it. What yes, it, they don't sugarcoat. That is one no. thing about, I will say, sometimes <laughs> I will say it's a little hurtful. Like, they, they don't mean malice most of the yes. time. But like, they yes, will yes, tell yes. you, if my mom hasn't seen me in a while and she thinks I'm fat, she will straight oh up. My God. Like, you put on weight. Like, all these, yes. like, they don't know. My palms. grandma, my grandma. <laughs> As it was, we would famously uh, make fun of her for this. My all of the grandkids, because she would see you and she'd say, "What a way you got so fat!" <laughs> oh my god! You know? So my yeah. grandma, my grandma speaks with with the Jamaican accent, like very, yeah. very much so. A, a cross between Haiti and Jamaica, like there's, a, it's a weird, oh, okay. weird kind of. But that's the one thing she would say. 
and she would mean it lovingly, but we were all like, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, my grandma said that to me too. I hadn't seen her in like 10 years too. And that was like one of the oh first things that yeah, came yeah. out of her mouth. Yes, yeah, no, it's, it's that's that's probably the, the worst thing that they oh, say. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, but but like you said, it's-, it's There's a novelty they, to it because like you know where they stand, I right. guess, whereas sometimes yeah. people can sugar, but it, sometimes it's sometimes like, you all want right. the truth, you know? Sometimes you're like, you could, you know, you don't have to say it like that. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a balance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the first thing you say, too. Right. It's like literally right, right, right when right, you walk right. through the door. It's like, oh, yeah. you dick, you can wait. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> thank you. Love you, too. Well, yeah, nice to see you, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know that life. Yeah. There's a Julie Mango video about that. So share I will, some of that with I will him. share yeah, that with okay. you. Okay, please do. All right. So next question. Next culture question. Who is your favorite celebrity? It might be harder for Lebanese. I can't think of any Lebanese celebrities, but uh, who is your favorite oh, I can. Jamaican celebrity? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you can. I'm yeah, sure you can. Yeah, so, yeah. But, um, but yeah, who is your favorite Lebanese celebrity? Who is your favorite mm. Jamaican celebrity? My favorite Lebanese celebrity is definitely, people don't know she's Lebanese because she's Lebanese kind of like I am, uh, Shakira. I know. Is, yeah, really? I heard. Shakira, Shakira's yes. Lebanese. Yeah, yeah, she's Lebanese. Yeah, so she is... Probably like as far as contemporary celebrities, she's definitely, uh, definitely, wow. definitely up there. The first person that comes to mind is Usain Bolt, which is I know, mm-hmm. I know, it's such a cliche, a tricky one too. I don't know. It is a tricky hard one. one. I was the why. Well, since I came up with the question, I was thinking about this the <laughs> other day, and I think my like obviously like you know it's cliche, but Bob Marley. I mean, I, I've really I mean, grown yeah, to love his yeah, music. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and it's really deep, and yeah, I've really grown to love his music. Like as I've gotten older and everything, so so Bob Marley number one, and I really love Shelly Ann Fraser Price, the runner. Oh know, you yes, know, like yes, the, she, yes, yeah, they yes, call yes, her like yes, the yes. pocket rocket. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's small, and but she like <laughs> yeah. you know she's she's won like so many gold medals, and she's it's amazing, true. and she's just like if you ever see an interview with her, she's so like positive, and even on the track too, she's like she always has her crazy hair, and uh-huh. she's like jumping up and down and like smiling at the camera, and yeah, like yeah. yeah, so I just like I just like her. her like vibe and energy and i think that she's she you know grew up very poor and like uh-huh. um you know overcame a lot to get to where she is and I, she just seems like a really down to earth and like um just great person very positive yeah. person so i think she's what my, year my did she favorite. did she win at the olympics was it she won at the last olympics at the, it was at the last one yeah. right? okay and she and, and several before then too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think i remember being in jamaica one summer when wow. she won. Yeah, I think I remember that was a big deal. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm trying to think of like, of like maybe like actors. Because I know mm-hmm. like it's not difficult to think of, of Jamaican athletes. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, especially right. when it comes to running. Uh, but I was trying to think my, where my mind immediately It can be a was, Jamaican-American too. Right, that's, to I was like, also yeah. thinking, I was trying to think, I'm sure, oh my God, I'm, I feel like I'm just drawing blank, but I was trying to think of, of no, that's a hard one. actors that's or, this. yeah. Another person, well, an actor is uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph is Jamaican. Oh, I didn't she's know she's actually was from. She's actually uh, her family's from Mandeville, which is where our oh, mother really? is from. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Cool. I did not. Yes, know that. and so she's another one that I was like, oh, she's cool too. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I love Cheryl Lee Ralph. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm just See, giving the you reason answers. I love Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I love Shakira so much for that reason is because it was it was interesting to see somebody who a did not speak Arabic, who was not born in Lebanon but who really l- found a way to be Lebanese in a way that that was yeah. really kind of unapologetic. And I was like, okay, she's making Lebanese cool. Like she's, yeah. you know, she yeah. found a way to, to really kind of, of, you know, make it hers, even though she didn't speak the language, even though she, you know, yeah. wasn't from the, from the region. Uh, so that always, my sisters and I always kind of uh, admired that. 
That's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard she like didn't like when she had her Super Bowl uh, performance. She did some kind of Lebanese. Yeah, the like the the throat. The, uh, the yeah, glottal yeah. thing that nobody sort of understood. Right, not <laughs> the throat. It's actually with the tongue. Um, I don't, yeah. the name of it escapes me, but it's like done to celebrate, uh, and people had no idea what she was doing. I know. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shakira yeah. has made the list twice now. Yes, I was just uh, that. Brings oh wow. up, Yeah, I was just about to say that. Um, we recently interviewed a Colombian guest. And, oh yes, uh, that makes yes, sense. Yes, and yeah, so he—that yeah. was his That's first yeah. person as well. Yeah. Is that yeah, yeah, is, yeah. she was Shakira? So look at her crossing yeah. cultures crossing as well. Crossing borders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shakira, give us a call. <laughs> We'd love to interview you for the show. Yeah, so right now, Alex, we're on the like friends, you know, as yeah, we're yeah, yeah. embarking yeah, on this podcasting. Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're like, okay, eventually we're going to run out of <laughs> friends. Yeah, no, you'll, so find are, yeah. you'll find people. You'll find people. It spreads word of mouth, and that's how it goes. We'll see. We'll yeah. We hope people Hopefully. like these conversations. Oh, I'm sure they um, will. I'm sure they will. We, we've really enjoyed. Okay, just a few more questions. Okay. Just All a right, few go more for little go questions. All right. Do you have like a happy place in each country, especially in Jamaica, since you visited so many times? Mm-hmm. Like, do you mm-hmm. have like a place that this is my happy place here? Yeah. Ocho Rios, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's where, yeah, that's where I would spend most of my summers that my, my family. Uh, so my grandpa bought a, a house there and that's definitely the happy place in, in Jamaica, for sure. Yeah, that's where most of my memories are. Lebanon is harder. I don't, I, I, because I've only been twice. I don't know that I've had a chance to kind of develop, uh, I don't know, a, a more kind of long-term attachment to it. But yeah, definitely Ocho Rios. That's my, that's my, I have, I have very, very happy memories there. It feels like time stands still. You know? Time does go a lot slower there, I find, mm-hmm. than I make mm-hmm. it. It's kind of nice. It's, it's nice. Okay. And last culture question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is something that you do in Jamaica or Lebanon that you would never do in the U.S.? That's a good question. This, this question would have been way more uh, effective, like, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> the first time I ever smoked weed was in Jamaica. Oh my I was 14 God. years old. I love it. Yes. Oh you know? I love it. Oh I was gosh. only 14 and I thought I was <laughs> such a bad boy. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, I'm breaking the law. Um, <laughs> and I was, yeah, that felt at the time like it was something, it's such a cliche response. I was about um, to say, that's so stereotypical. <laughs> but you know, also like, I don't really enjoy the beach. And in Me Jamaica, either. I do. Something about mm. being being on the beach in Jamaica feels different to me than like South Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I never go to the beach in the U.S. Never. The other. Yeah, I'd say that's that's. And in Lebanon, I mean, the sheer amount that I eat in Lebanon is just not sustainable. <laughs> it would I, <laughs> way too much. Yeah, I guess just like the culture in Lebanon is is it's a night culture. So having dinner at 9, 10 p.m., you know, staying up very late, like that's not things I do here. And it's not something I would even enjoy doing here. Um, but in Lebanon, it just feels right. You know, it's, it's just, it's sort of part of the fabric. All right. So the last few things I want to talk about, or just the last thing, I guess I want to talk about. So usually I will ask something you to give us something that you dislike Mm -hmm. and something that you love the most about, uh, your parents' culture. But I feel like we kind of touched on on some the negative aspects of, sure. of each culture a little bit already. So I'm just going to ask you, what do you love the most about Lebanese culture and about Jamaican culture? I, I really do love the the island approach to life, which is sort of take it as it comes. 
And, and there's something very, you know, a lot of people see that and they think that, you know, no problem. And they sort of kind yeah. of belittle <laughs> it. But to me, I've always, I've always heard that as kind of like a survival mechanism that like, this mm. is, this is how you survive. Like there is mm-hmm. the yeah. only way to, to sustain a, a livable life is, is, is to live like that. Like you, you know, if, if, if everything becomes a seismic problem, um, mm-hmm. then even when it feels like it is, it's always, it's almost sometimes annoying how, how. It's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's yeah. fine. Oh, you're you're an hour late. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, but, but but it does it does feel like a way to survive, you know, and yeah. and, yeah, and, and have, you know found a way to be to to find a way to survive despite you know any kind of precarity. So I do love that about. I, I could afford to to include that in my life more than I currently. Lebanon. What do I love about Lebanon? You know, this is kind of a bit of a meta response. I love how much they love their culture. I really, really do. It's something that I think is so beautiful. I've seen it. I've seen it break hearts when when people can't can't be with their culture the way that they they once were. Um, it's it's and it's not a nationalistic thing. Like I'm not. I'm, it's not. It's not a love for the country. It's a love for the for the culture. A love for the food. A love for the music. A love for the way of living that I I haven't quite seen elsewhere. Like it. It really is. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really admirable. I I you know I would love to be able to love. Uh, a culture in, in the way that that Lebanese people mm-hmm. do typically their own. I mean, it's 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 sort of beautiful to see. On that note, I think we will wrap this up with Alex. Okay. Thank you so much, Alex, wonderful. for being here. I'm just gonna do a little uh, podcast wrap up. So, thank you again, Alex, for joining us today. I feel like I'm a very structured person, and this this conversation got a little bit less structured, but I love that actually. Like it was really yeah. fun. <laughs> it was really fun, and I really loved it. I really enjoyed uh, getting to talk with someone who also understands Jamaican culture, which was which really great. So um, thank you, listeners, for joining us as well. Please tune in for future episodes, and we hope you all have a great week. Bye, everyone. Bye.